Greetings. We are broadcasting high atop a national monument in South Dakota. This is the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. The Mount Rushmore podcast is a top four ranked podcast, not out of ratings from listeners, but because we rate the top four of any given topic. And this episode is no different. This episode's topic is what, Richard? Las Vegas. Why did you choose this topic? Um, I think I actually chose it either I was thinking about show topics either on the way to or from Vegas oh. for some like family yeah. trip. Mount Rushmore of Zizix didn't make it? It was. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going alphabetically. Oh, okay. Prim- so hold yeah. on. <laughs> did I ever tell you about uh, the, the kickball team I created for that town? No. Uh, z- the Zizix Mystic Wizard Sticks and all with Z's and Y's. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> But then, you know, nobody you nobody lives there. Right. It's hard to get a league started out there. <laughs> so that's a fascinating uh, trans- transformation you had from person in Los Angeles to person in Las Vegas. And when you were on your way there, were there compelling ideas of what your experience would be like? Or what were you thinking when you went there? When I, I you know, I, I, I just think I, I think I was thinking about like some of our best episodes have been, I think we've done a few sort of like. Broad ones. Broad ones. like, And I think, so I don't know. So I think this, I, I, I just sort of got the idea that I think it would be a good topic. Cool. my back already about it. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Richard, <laughs> sure, sure. Rich is already getting defensive. Richard chose it. Michael, you start. This was an episode, I think because it was so broad, that I had such a hard time narrowing it down. So mine is a little conceptual. Mine, each choice is uh, like a symbol of like ha- like the- Las Vegas is this weird city of like excess, so it's all about haves and have-nots. Mm. So my first is food. Okay, want some dinner? You can go to Eh by Jose Andres or maybe Le Cirque and spend <laughs> thousands of dollars, or you can stop in and get like a full steak dinner for three ninety nine, or you can get the all you can eat buffet. It is such food is such a thing for people that have all of the money and people that have no money that every option is available to you and you kind of want every aspect of it. You'd like to go to the high end place and then you're just like, oh, but my friend knows of the one really shitty steak place that's four dollars and it's really good. It's also a strip club. Yes, but it's really good. This is you, Richard. I assume that I'm. Yeah, I have this conversation within my head. Pretty much. Ding, 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 ding. The slot machine is going crazy. Ooh. We got double cherries on that because this episode, because it's the Vegas episode, we are going to have an opportunity to win big, 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 big money. What happens in Vegas? Ain't going to stay in Vegas. No, no, no. You're going to put that money in the bank. Uh, you got two points on that one because both I and Anderson Dadu, friend of the podcast, each picked buffets. I should edit we we didn't get a chance to say this yet, but that was actually my first pick as well. Ding 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 ding! Richard got double points. All right. No, you get the same amount of points. Ding 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 ding! Each got two. <laughs> cocktail, cocktail. Can I get you guys a cocktail? Mm. I'm wearing a skimpy, revealing outfit, and I got fake boobs. Can I get a ginger ale and rum? No uh, ginger ale. <laughs> Hold the ginger. Is that because I'm a redhead? All right, Michael. What do you want to drink? Where are we? Well, we're oh Las Vegas. Okay, okay. yeah, we're still discussing. Um, I'll, I will have um just a glass of water. Dooley, 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 dooley. Okay, I'll be right back. 
It's flood water from Hoover Dam. <laughs> it's overflow of water. Well, I, I was going to say. Cause this should have been an episode that we recorded like at the end of doing four of them. Because it's already off the rails and loopy. <laughs> Jeff, is, Jeff is great today. Oh, shit. Somebody's watching us on those cameras. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guys. Um, all of the cliches and all of the bits will happen tonight. Yeah. Richard, we're, we're guys, all- seriously, if my boss sees me talking to you guys, I'm gonna get my legs broken. <laughs> I gotta, so you gotta order some. Okay, I got your orders. I'll be right back. So, thing about buffets, Michael, you mentioned sort of this crazy array of like you can get a five star meal or three ninety nine steak. That's even true at the buffet because mm. you can go to that locals only place that's like eight ninety nine, but they swear by it. Or you can pay 70, 80 bucks to go to Caesars. Yeah. And the Spice them. Market in Aladdin or exactly. Sorry, the, PH. The yeah. Royal Buffet yeah. uh, experience. I, I I have changed my tune I've changed my tune on this a little bit. I'm no longer a uh, I'm no longer a cheap is best. You know mm. pony up a little bit. Sure. Live life. You're in Vegas for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Just for clarification, uh, what is cheap? Is it the twenty-five buffet or the fifty-dollar buffet? Uh, I'm thinking more like the ten, twelve. The cheap. Okay, okay, okay. El cheapo. Yeah, I I'm curious where you find that four-dollar steak because I haven't that used when I was younger. That was the thing that kids' parents would talk about Vegas, and I haven't found that. In a while. I always think of, and maybe this is just driving into Vegas. What is that? Perump. Right, Perum, yeah, and then Terribles is in there. Yeah, <laughs> there's that just that sign that offers just like the four dollar yeah. steak. Yeah. just like what I I'm that is so it one is super suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> but two, I don't know. I think that there is, or maybe it's just a misconception that, that you can get anything. You know, it is such a city that is built on the broadest spectrum of people. You get people there that are the ultra rich that live in luxury that go in there for you know everyone goes to Vegas for forty eight. 72 hours whatever it is and they are either there to lose all their money and not care about it or lose all their money and then it's the end of the it's the end of the world either way they're there to lose all their money in one way or the other but you can do it very expensively at a very expensive restaurant you know yeah several thousand dollars or eh, 8.99 for a, Mm -hmm. a buffet i think what this observation has because you initiated this observation through the haves and the have-nots, or there's there's or different levels of of opportunity, or different levels that you can um, um, enjoy yourself. I think everything about Las Vegas is exactly the same as the United States, but it's in a little microcosm. Hmm. So there is opportunity for affluence. You can come to this country with a little bit of money, and through its capitalistic structure, you can turn that into a lot of money. Or you can come to this. Uh, country and have a relationship that is deep and rich like we have with our wives where we're partners and friends or you can have a, a relationship that's about this kind of uh car- based off of a card that's handed out to you on the street <laughs> yeah that guy you can have this carnal relationship it's also a meritocracy where or there's doesn't matter what color you are or what faith you practice or whatever where you pretty much anybody's welcome as long as they have green stuff in their wallet so that's one thing that I find. I'll be curious to see how many of our observations support that. Way to bring it down, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, guys, seriously, I got to give you these drinks and I got to keep moving because those cameras are on me. Okay, and Richard. 
All right, my second choice, and this comes uh, from firsthand experience over the last two years of having family Christmas in Las Vegas. Well, that's the best. It's been pretty good. Um, the one, the one thing I, that this kind of leads me to is basically having something, anything, please God, something to do that's not gambling. Oh yeah. So it, it's one thing when you have a family and you just by default need to find things to do. But even if you're just there like with your wife or your f- friends, no kids, I'm sorry. There is a point where you cannot, it's not possible to want to gamble anymore. So what is the family choice of yours when you, you go to the city of gambling to when you're not when you're not actually to, when you're not gambling yeah. um my number one choice would be the mob museum oh yeah 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 it was we went this year for the first time and it's great for the family just make sure that they're not don't happen to be looking at the photos oh of, yeah you know lucky luciano lucky getting luciano shot up get his <laughs> head blown off that they've got like in big you know big poster size all around yeah. there but uh, my daughter basically has decided she's in the mob now. Oh, wow. Well, she has this mob museum jacket she won't take off. And... <laughs> she decided, I'd be fascinated if she was determined to be a low-level soldier who just sits around counting money all the time. Just, <laughs> so, uh, I'm nope. skimming the skim the skim. Skimming the skim. <laughs> what, uh, does she carry a, a, a mallet around and threaten to break your hands? <laughs> well, we haven't got, that hasn't got there yet. Do you feel having been to Vegas over the years that there is more family entertainment now than ever before with the museums and I mean circus circus kind of kicked it off in the 70s I feel like oh by the way dear god don't ever go to that circus circus nightmare the first hotel I ever went to in Vegas was the Bellagio on the the opening month the second hotel was circus circus (laughs) from heaven to hell in two trips oh no what makes what makes you guys I mean, I assume you guys have family there in and around um, the, Las Vegas, or why would you go back specifically to Las Vegas if you're not to engage in the gambling atmosphere, which pulls everybody in generally? Well, a couple of things. One, um, my wife's family's in Tucson, so we kind of met in the, mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, in terms of, you know, in terms of the other thing, I'm not even saying that it would be, I'm not saying that it would be something. For if you, if you're not interested in gambling, huh? He's on the stand right now. Yeah, and he's cracking under pressure. Uh, the judge would the, make a ruling. The gallery at the Bellagio, the Shark Reef at the Mandalay, uh, outside off the Strip, you go to Spring Preserve. There's a nature preserve there. I feel like there's more than ever than there ever has been. Yeah, I think there is too. I, and and I, you know, I I just think. Even if you are going there to gamble, at some point it becomes less fun to gamble. There's like a, mm. I think there's just like a, this, this, this sort of drop off point. Yeah. I, unless you're a, I think a skilled gambler, you, you can go through that money that you're hoping to spend pretty, pretty quickly. And then you don't even have the opportunity to, if you're, if you're a person with self-control. Yeah. Or, you know, if, you know, every bachelor party ends a day too late. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everyone should be out the day before just because staying usually staying through Sunday tempers are going to get people. Yeah. Just, they're done. Yeah, yeah. So are you pro or con families in Vegas? I'm pro families in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, for be- sure. Because of Are you pro families? Full stop. My family, absolutely. Okay. Okay. okay uh then uh that would be um my time for Michael to do a second. Okay. Since we're talking about gambling, I'll I'll stick with gambling. Mm-hmm. Um and sticking with the haves and have not sort of theme. Gambling in Vegas has such a you can gamble everywhere, whether it's in a casino, pulling slots and playing cards, or maybe you're just stopping to get gas. I'm going to yeah. gamble. Yeah. Maybe you're uh, so broke and headed out of town at the airport. Time to gamble. Yeah. It is so strange that you can just gamble anywhere and everywhere, and everyone's just like, yeah. I guess everyone's just gambling. It, it, I don't understand how they enforce that. Mm-hmm. But then... You reach up at the urinal to flush, and you pull the wrong hand- handle. <laughs> it's his own form ding, ding, of gambling, yes. But then, so there's like this weird, very broad sense of gambling that it's everywhere, and everyone can do it, and you can do it for a penny. You know, penny slots or a nickel or a dime. The, the, mo- the smallest, minute amount of money you can gamble, you can gamble that. But then at the same time, they have these huge, or they have these very elite rooms for people that are gambling hundreds and yeah. millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. And you're like, oh, these worlds do not exist. They exist at the same place, but those are not the, those are not the same things. And it's so strange to me. Like, it's amazing that Vegas has the ability to cater to everyone, whether it is the super degenerate gambler or, hey, look, here's a family that's coming into town for the weekend for four days uh, for your situation. But like, yeah. it's amazing that those two people exist within the same 4.2 miles of Las Vegas Strip. And so, then you're just like, how your paths never cross. It's such a small area. And you're just like, they never see each other. Yeah, there's no Venn diagram there, mm-hmm. basically. My, my brother occupies a segment of the, of the gambling world that I didn't even know existed. And that is the professional gambler who's not this high stakes kind of person. He's just a working class going in, making enough money to cover his day gambler. And that's wild. he relies on the fact that each day somebody sits down at that table with less of a, a skill level than he does. And they are happy as part of their experience to lose some money and, you know, wave bye-bye to everybody and say thanks and go off and hit the buffet. It's funny. It's kind of how like plumbers operate too, is that, they're there because they can fix the pipe. Yeah. Just slightly better than the person that doesn't know what they're doing or who's tried to fix their pipe. And it they go in and they're just like, it up even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, here I come in and I'm going to charge you just enough to make, make it worth my while. Yeah. And he's also ultimately, well, you talked about this experience that people are going out to uh, get. And then I don't know if this is on anybody's list, but that, concept what what happens in vegas stays in vegas there's this, a city in a desert that shouldn't be there to begin with hmm. and it's been developed to be a place that nobody talks about what you do when you go there in its entirety but everybody has a mischievous smile because they know what you, they know what you went out to do and it is involved one or more of these cardinal sins <laughs> that we all uh don't participate in mostly on our regular life so i i, I find that i find that fascinating and it's part of the story. It's like Vegas operates in international waters in the middle of the desert. Right. You just kind of accept that eh, it's kind of weird out there and kind of messed up. And I don't know. 
how is prostitution legal in this one area of the United States, yeah. but not anywhere else? Mm-hmm. Are you sure they're not on a boat? <laughs> <laughs> your thing with the gambling, though, is like, what if you went into your house and all of a sudden when you turned on the faucet, lottery tickets came out? Mm. Or we flush your toilet, lottery tickets. Or you open your fridge, lottery tickets. I think it's oh. also, too, it's just because it caters to the ultra poor and the ultra rich, it's it's amazing that they have that on their menu. It's like, what do you what do you want from Vegas in terms of in, from gambling? Oh, you can have you can have whatever, however mu- much money you yeah. have, you can give it to us. Do you have no money? We'll take all of your no money. <laughs> yeah. Do you have all the money? We will take that too, and we'll give you stuff for free. That's I think that's the craziest. That's the craziest mm. thing about like, you know, the the whale term yeah. of like these people that come in, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars gambling or millions of dollars, and the hotels are just like, well, you can stay here for free, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like a drop in the bucket in operational costs compared to what you're going to spend. But if a, a normal person were to stay at a fancy suite, you'd be like, "This is the most incredible thing yeah. in the world." I mean, it's you know, yeah. The the and these are worlds that don't they don't mix. Mm-hmm. We don't we the the norms the, the norms normies. don't see these other people that come and go and fly in, and it's weird. Okay, dudes, we are at our halftime of the Mount Rushmore of Las Vegas. Take a gamble on us, folks. Uh, That's very well done, Richard. Yeah. That's very well done. <laughs> Go ahead and roll the dice. Go ahead and, uh, like a roulette wheel, spin around all the episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast in your iTunes, in your Stitcher, in your iHeartRadio, and land on any one of them. Put some money on any one of them. You're going to win every time. You're going to win every time. Odds, evens, red, black, doesn't matter. Uh oh, double zero. Double zero. Oh, okay, you lost. Uh, that was those were the early episodes that were very poorly recorded. <laughs> Your ears are gonna suffer for sure. Uh, so you'll lose. You're hearing the opportunity you have is to leave feedback, to uh, download, rate, and then review. Put some words in there about what you think about the podcast. It'll help other people strike it rich, just like you have. So we appreciate you doing that, and we appreciate you supporting podcasting in general and here's a podcast that we love we interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcast to bring you a message from us the postmortem show with dom and jd for over two years we've brought you movie reviews top five lists interviews with filmmakers like Stephen Byro, Dorian Weinzimmer, and even Leslie Vernon himself Nathan Basil and this ain't your daddy's podcast here at the postmortem show we get a little dark Little get crude. a little crude. That's right. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, www.postmortemshow.com. Or, you know, you could not check it out and your life will be empty. <laughs> As the great H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. Okay. Uh, so not only can you support that podcast, our podcast, but you can keep in conversation with us out on social media you can go to facebook you can go to twitter you can go to instagram basically any social media handle we're there search mount rushmore podcast and you'll find us and on any of those platforms you could suggest a topic for our show or give us feedback on the picks we had on a past topic other people who have suggested topics have been guests on our show so you could do that if you wanted to guys vegas las vegas viva Viva Las Vegas. Uh, what do you got, uh, Richard? All right, so my third choice is a gamble, a gambling-related one. 
It is a specific type of gambling. Mm. This is what I spend the majority of my gambling time doing. And it's called Pai Gao Poker. Oh, wow. Otherwise known as sit around for five hours, win or lose 10 bucks, and <laughs> collect free drinks all night. That's pretty great. How does one play Pai Gao okay. in a nutshell? So basically, uh, you uh, everyone at the table gets seven cards. So does the uh, dealer. You just pick up your cards and you're trying to make the best five-card poker hand and then the second best two-card poker hand that you can make. Oh. And you you lay them face up. Mm-hmm. Um, dealer does the same thing and whoever has the better hand wins. Why, what's the second best? Because it's got to be second to your... Yeah, so your you, five hand. Yeah, so if your five card hand is like a pair of kings, your second best hand has to be at least not as good as that. Oh, yeah. So it could be like ace jack or something uh-huh. like that. Uh. Is it possible, I've never played this version, is it possible to play a hand of two, you know, your two separate sets mm-hmm. and for you to have misplayed it? Like, could you have like accidentally played something? Yes. Okay. Yes, I in theory they're not going to fix your screw they, okay. Up, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious. I just don't know. I yeah, it and it is so. It's a game where, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is if it's an eight-person table, they have to, for whatever reason, they deal hands out to every empty space. So hmm. it always takes longer to do that. So between that, can you trade in cards? No. Hmm. It's, you're, you're thinking of crazy eights, Michael. I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Where does the pie come in? <laughs> what? We're back to food. <laughs> we are back to food. Um, I, I just think... Was your uh, question, is it something... I, perhaps you, like I, have been seated at a card table and been yelled at because I played the wrong hand or I played it the wrong way. No, no, no. I, I guess I, my question was, like, let's say I put... You have a card, you have a set, and you're five that actually would have been better if you used one of the cards from your two. And because you're either a novice or stupid or don't know which hand is stronger, you accidentally include a card in the wrong set. I, I don't know. I, I don't just know. assume that that must happen with, as you said, like, I don't know what's going on. Mm. I don't know. With that guy who doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, you know. And how is it that that guy always, there's always one of those that guys that doesn't know what they're doing, they always win. He's just wearing a cowboy hat and go, yippee! <laughs> 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 um, so I put Pai Gao on here because just the nature of the gameplay is that you wind up just drawing with the, with the, the house about 90% of the time. Yeah. It's hard to not, it's not, it's hard to not lose. It's it's hard to win and it's hard not to lose. Most of the time, you're just sort of like break even, break even, break even. But drinking free but drinks if, the whole time. Yeah, if, if but it's still over there in the you know table games, hmm. so they have more uh, drink servers coming. I, I've thought of this before. Hmm. You're you know if you're playing Pi Gal, you're going to get that service, but 
you're not going to lose a lot of money. You not, might not win a lot of money, but you're not going to. That's my tip for, for going to Vegas and quote unquote not losing a lot of money. This is the treading water. You're not having fun swimming. You're just sitting there just like in the sun baking, just kicking your legs and hoping not to drown. Right. There's no sharks coming along. Like there's no pie gow shark that's going to beat the system I love to gobble it. you up. I want to buy your DVDs on late night. Richard Manfredi teaches you how not to lose that much, but not how to win that much at gaming in Vegas. If you know what's good for you, you don't win too much. The first CDs, my my trick, pie gal. The third, fourth, and fifth CDs are all, they're blank because it's just the same as the first CD. Just record what you want on it. That's fine. It's a blank. You can put like an REM album. Do you have a, do, do you have a better? Do you have a better way to play Gut Pie Gal? Eh, put it on there. Send it back to me. I'd like to hear it. Oh, here's a self-addressed stamped envelope too. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael. Uh, Richard, this is uh, always. You mentioned free booze while gambling. Yeah. So, continuing my haves and have-nots, the booze in Vegas is confusing to me. In that people who do not have as much money as they think they have will go to a club and spend $500 for a bottle service for a $24 bottle of Absolute. They'll just buy that and have that at their table. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But they could be sitting at a pie gal poker table and get free drinks. And I don't know. That seems like that makes more sense. <laughs> I, I, it, the status of, and like the flamboyance and the showing off of a, getting a bottle service seems the most ridiculous thing. In, yeah. Like, why? Do you feel like that's unique to Vegas? Because like, I mean, it's it is a behavior. I think when you compare it to getting free drinks at the, Before, I mean, maybe they're shitty watered down free drinks, but they're free drinks. I think you know my entire entry into this conversation has been like, what are these people that have so much money yeah. doing, spending all this money that they could get for free? Yeah. Especially on drinks when it's, I don't know. I I always think of the free drinks. I've And I don't go to Vegas enough to gamble at a table. Yeah, when was the last time you, you were in Vegas? By the Some way? crappy kickball thing. Oh, was it? And like by the, you know, for me, by the time we're done with it, I'm so tired. I'm just like, I don't want to. <laughs> Emily and I were uh, talking about this the other night and we were just like, yeah, we should go to. Ve- I mean, we have a kid now, so it'll be a while. But like, we should go to Vegas and not do it with our kickball friends, right? Because I don't really have a good concert. Because <laughs> it's like I'm tired. It's <laughs> nine o'clock. I need to go to bed. I think that observation about um, booze or the is a part of the performance art that is your experience in Las Vegas, and like in Los Angeles, where um, and you know. Well, you have to drive a lot. A, a Ford Festiva can get you down the 405 just as well as a Range Rover yeah. or something like that. But there's people who want to be in that Range Rover. And they. I think your observation was they they might be broke as a joke at home, but part of their identity in this away other space is this affluent person. This aspirational. Yeah, this aspirational. Yeah. They They're willing to go have. into debt to buy a $25 bottle of booze that they for. Yeah. 20 times yeah. it's worth. Yeah. Just because. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> who would. But who is. Does it actually. But does, does it actually impress people? Are there people that yes. are impressed by it? Or are they just like stupid people that are sitting next to them being like, 
well, that guy bought a bottle. I guess I have to buy a bottle. I, I the would dumbs, the dumbs catering to the dumbs. I would say that that person, because of their show peacockery of affluence, might get an experience for free that other people are paying for in Vegas because of that thousand dollar outlay on a bottle Tickets of Grey Goose. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, what's your fourth? Richard. All right, so my fourth one are showgirl shows. Right on. Um, fun for the whole family? No. Um, no. No, actually not. The last... That's uh, it, one of the things about having kids now is I can't go with Sarah, my wife. We haven't been to Vegas by ourselves, you know, since we, in, in mm. the 11 years since we've had kids. And you don't get to do weird things like go, well, this this, this showgirl show looks awful. Yeah. We really need to go see <laughs> yeah. this. You know, it's like you, because even if I wanted to, even if if I was with her family, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work out. Um, and one of the things when we were going to Vegas, we, we saw some of the worst showgirl shows you could possibly imagine. Oh, you did? What did you see? Or what? The, so the two that I saw, one was called the Crazy Girls. Crazy Girls, yeah. Yeah, it used to be the Riviera. They're actually mentally ill. Did you know that? <laughs> that's well, that's that's part of the allure. Yeah. And it was... That's the one with all the booties facing the... Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. That, that you see on the yeah. taxis and what have you. Yeah. Um, and some of the showgirls looked, looked good. Yeah. Some of them... They kind of made an effort to kind of keep the lights sort of yeah. off of the head and more on the body mm-hmm. um, to the point where they were doing, I can't remember the name of the the bit in Chicago, the scene, but it's the one where the... Uh, he had it coming. Where no, they're in a no, prison. no, no, it's the, it's the one with the, the, uh, where the girls are all singing about what they did to get put in there and it's like a spotlight uh-huh. on their face. Yeah. Edelweiss? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and so it's a spotlight on every girl's face and they got get to this one and I swear to God, this girl came up on, on lit up and the whole audience kind of went, <laughs> involuntarily. So that was bad. Um, the other one was uh, that I went to several times that I would drag people to if if necessary uh, was the Showgirls of Magic. Oh. Uh, which used to be at the old Hotel San Remo, uh-huh. which I don't think it exists anymore. Um, and it's Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yes. They each get topless, a deck. Yeah. Topless. A chaser card yeah. is in the deck. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's not a deck. Oh, no. Um... And this show, it was mainly topless showgirls performing mediocre sleight of hand. Oh, I mean, it was that's it yeah. was that, and then just well, the magic is more impressive topless because where where are you hiding where those cards? Hiding? <laughs> that's a good point. I've never seen. Have you ever seen Copperfield work without a shirt? <laughs> uh, he's a hack. I'm just saying. I love I love that. There's always a a misdirect in magic, like somewhere you try to. Hack. <laughs> Have the audience look instead of where the trick is happening. So you've got your built-in misdirect. Right, exactly. On. And it, just, it was just filled with weird stuff. The first time we saw it, there was a there was a uh, a fat drag queen oh. dressed up like Cher. 
and a midget dressed up like Sonny lip-syncing to I Got You, Babe. Oh, wow. And I just remember looking at Sarah and telling her, I think I'm having a fever dream. What is happening on stage right now? That's the interesting thing. That is a very interesting observation. Vegas is hanging on to a sense of nostalgia that is like, does anyone care to see Sonny and Cher? I guess some people do. People still want to see every version of Elvis. Everyone wants to have a Rat Pack related Vegas lookalike show appearance. The Sonny and Cher thing, I, it just strikes me as so odd. You know, we were talking, it's funny, we were talking before the podcast about <laughs> all eyes on Jeff right now. We were talking about his retro Batman. Oh. And how that, the idea of retro Batman is what, 50 plus years old now, but it's still relevant. It's still cromulent in today's society. Right. That people recognize it. It's, just the same as Sonny and Cher. Those are two characters that people are like, oh, yeah. well, they're going to still sing I Got You, Babe. Yeah. I assume that's what they sung and not another yes. song. No, it was not. <laughs> and the beat goes on. <laughs> Covering incense and peppermint. But as much as Vegas is this place that uh, is glitz, it's also like a old-fashioned strange place that like holds on to memories for so much longer than it needs to than it needs to yeah i don't know i i i I had this on the list just kind of i I think it shows the specific weirdness inherent in las vegas Mm -hmm. you know like like you mentioned like like kind of being this place on an island yeah um because there's nowhere else can you imagine trying to do a show girls type show in los angeles you get Mm-mm. It wouldn't work. I mean, this, I don't think they they even allow topless dancers full stop yeah. in Los Angeles. You brought up something that I've always found fascinating about Las Vegas is the bubble that it represents, the island that it represents, keeps people laboring within the same ecosystem throughout their entire days in Las Vegas. So one might arrive fresh-faced from Paducah, Illinois, to be be a showgirl and have the cosmetic necessities to be a showgirl, but then that individual might find employment after they, uh, you know, are voted off that <laughs> part particular of it. island. Yeah, that they island. might find an employment as a showgirl in a in an off strip, uh, you know, on Fremont Street somewhere. Right. Oh, and then they might become a cocktail waitress at a high end place, and then they may become a cocktail plate waitress at a low-end place and then they may become a high-end uh concierge desk person and then they become the low end <laughs> so i do like i do like that there are rises and falls in each in, in each, each job in category. each thing well like a, like an athlete you might play in mm-hmm. the ma- you know you might be minor league then in the majors and then be in canada or be in playing in europe or something like that so. all right michael let's uh continuing my dichotomy thing the old-fashioned welcome to las vegas to fabulous las vegas sign versus whatever the fuck luxor is one is just this pure nostalgic hasn't changed since the 40s the 50s and the other is just this beam of light that just ejaculates electricity (laughs) into the air and you're just like oh my god what is this awful thing versus this quaint thing and they both exist. And maybe 
I was leading us towards that with like, how do these nostalgia acts and how does this 1950 sense of Vegas that was run by the mobs, by mobsters, uh, still attract all the people that want that experience at the same time they want, you know, 50,000 megawatts jammed in their face. 100,000. Like, Mm -hmm. I tried to look up electricity statistics for Las Vegas and how much they burn in a month or a Uh year. And, like, I could find nothing that was really accurate. I don't know if they just don't want to tell us. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm guessing Mm -hmm. it's somewhere between zero and a lot. And it's amazing how much of what I did see is still just, like, natural gas that it's generated on and not, like, wind. Or the sun, oh, yeah. which beats yeah, down. I was going to say, it's not like there's any sun or wind in the <laughs> desert. Yeah. So, But that place in general, this big you know, light bulb in the desert, still has this quaint 1950s appeal to it, too. And they both exist at the same time in this you know, Twilight Zone-y type world. Do you, I, as Disneyland fan... Oh, yeah. I feel like it is the same type God, of that's thing. A good, that's a good comparison. Yeah. That you have attractions that were day one you know cinderella's castle day one that was there um next to something that is uh, a makeover of something else um and i like disneyland i feel the power of story is the driver for the architecture there so you have to have a very compelling story and it might be about international travel like with paris or the venetian um, or New York, New York, or it might be about excess and debauchery. Like so I think of like Caesar's Palace, um, or it might just be like now. There's new hotels like the Wynn. I think is about like fine art or something. It has its own theme, but there has to be a compelling story so somebody can go back from Vegas and tell everybody about that that thing or there's circus circus which is i think synonymous with sadness <laughs> sadness yeah sadness sadness or it's whatever's that that high-rise uh casino hotel no the one that like if you reflect the light at a certain angle it like melts people oh, I think that's, it's like a super villain treasure aria <laughs> or whatever there's one that like if you catch the ray at the wrong time of day it, Shoots down towards the pool. Are you thinking of Celine Dion? <laughs> That's right. He's pretty tall. <laughs> the, the Disney thing is interesting. I think you were talking about it two or three weeks ago, talking about how uh, the big Disney fans, all they want is one more picture of Walt. Yeah. Doing yeah. anything. Uh, yet at the same time, they're building Star Wars land. I'm sorry. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And that is like going to be the yeah. fanciest biggest area of the new Disneyland park and people would be like, yeah, but Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, what about that? And it's some people just not, they don't want, they don't want the new, they want the old and vice versa. The people that I'm sure just want, couldn't care less about. Yeah. I also say like there's people who have a sense of when exactly the Christmas stuff should go up in target and they hold on to that you know i think there's something about tradition versus the new thing that violates that tradition and uh, the and the experience should be a museum to what they know from their childhood not this growing thing that will attract new people (laughs) forever and i think that's why um the top 10 best dynamite implosions on youtube are all in las vegas (laughs) 
because <laughs> every year they, they're going to blow something up. <laughs> I mean, that is uh, one time uh, we were in Vegas for a, a kickball thing and we stayed at a hotel that it was the other end of the strip. And it is funny when you drive through Vegas through all like the fancy hotels and people walking around and the lights and you start to get a quarter of a mile away and just the streets are rubble. Yeah. The sidewalks are upturned like 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 giant ants are taking root and yeah. just everything is is turned the side of it's like how did we get to a different the third world country yeah. and we're a quarter mile still in Vegas away yeah. from this thing it's so it, things are just like constantly falling apart mm-hmm. and being rebuilt It does almost feel like you're in a studio of a painter and on the canvas wow. it's amazing and one inch off the canvas <laughs> It's just this shithole. Um, okay, so uh, Anderson Dadu submitted some choices, and he's a big uh, fan and supporter of the podcast. Uh, his choices were thus. Uh, one was every form of Elvis impersonator, and, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is neat because there's old Elvis, there's young Elvis, there's probably Lady Elvis. Cyber Elvis Cyber. is here to rock your world. <laughs> Ty Elvis. Um, uh, buffets. Pie gal, poker pie, Elvis. Pie, uh, third, his third was Don Rickles, and his fourth was Walk of Shame watching, which is kind of a neat sociological thing. We got a little bit into that aspect of it. Um, Jeff's Jeff Hopkins, who is not a big fan of the podcast, he chose uh, Rat Pack Vegas uh, buffets were the second one for me too. European circus shows and impersonators, and that. By that, you can say the name. There's only one. (laughs) They have been around since the 40s. European shows have been performing in Vegas. No, I think the 50s. Uh, So when I bemoaned the advent of Cirque du Soleil and the the French Canadianization of of Las Vegas, we realize it's it's a it's a decades long tradition. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, I, didn't I mean, know that. the circus in general and those kind of acrobatics and things like that have often been people not not in the United States. But um, when I was a, a 10, 11, 12, something around that, my mom and my stepdad took took him to go see Cirque du Soleil. Took me to the circus, and they told me there were no animals along as we were driving oh. there, and I was like. Why are we going? I was so angry that we were going. And it was, of course, great. It was like one of the first, I don't know when Cirque du Soleil started really touring in the U.S. I think it was right around like the mm-hmm. late 80s, early 90s when they started putting out the DVDs yeah. and or VHS or whatever. But I remember going and hearing about, what? We're going to a circus yeah. and there's no animals? <laughs> this is not a circus. But there is a ballerina with boxing gloves on. That's true. Point to Cirque du Soleil. Okay, so uh, this is me in the Mount Rushmore of Las Vegas, and we've already assigned some points uh, for the uh, food round. So you each got two for that, right? <coughs> Didn't we? Yeah. That? Okay, okay. And um, I'm going to, I'd like to pick the gambling one from Michael Winfield. Uh, and then um, I would like to pick. Um, the showgirl. Okay, uh, let's see. Booze from Michael Winfield, and then showgirl shows from Richard. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Bets, Seven gentlemen. To six. Bets, gentlemen. Bets, gentlemen. I'd, I'd just rather not. Okay. All right. You just sit there and just drink for free, keeping a chair on my table. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and just take up space. Okay. Uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm clapping my hands to show that I don't have any cards in my hands. Uh, I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 